Ladies and gentlemen, 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 gentlemen you are now, 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 now listening to two, 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 the P13 Podcast. Yeah. Welcome back to the P13 podcast. As we've said in last podcast, uh, this is part two talking about the wonders of back pain. So stay tuned. We got a lot of things here. This episode talks a little bit more about what is causing the back pain and what you can do to help yourself get out of that back pain. So enjoy. So with back pain, why does back pain occur? You've, you've had your own personal uh Issues with this, your own stories with that, with mm-hmm. back pain. How, what have you found are some of the causes of this? Yeah, so there's the the first thing to clarify is it's going to be, as with most things in health and fitness, it's going to be a multivaried issue. And so what causes back pain for person X may not be what causes back pain for person Y. So that's the first thing to take into account is you know, there's no textbook on it. I mean, there are textbooks on low back pain, um, but the average person, the average person, <laughs> like yeah, and 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 really, theory is very different than practical application. In my experience in health and fitness, I agree with that. Yeah, so like you can use that theory to generate your theories, for lack of a better word, way of explaining it. But um, you're gonna have to do some digging and see what what variables are involved for that person. It's like building a paragraph. You have the general topic up top yeah. and then you can start to get the details get more specific, yeah. go off and branch out. Yeah. So, but there are definitely commonalities between individuals with low back pain. So the first one is tight hips. All right. And in my experience working with people other than Michael's Taekwondo hips, I still get my tight hips, back. which are, <laughs> but they, I mean, they're exquisite hips. I want myself a pair of call hips. Uh, I think they're at target half off right now. Ooh, I'll have to run and check yeah. out. But then you might be careful because you might end up spending more than you actually should. Mm. And that's normal. They are priceless hips. I appreciate that. Um, You're too kind. So, so tight hips, like, so other than the exception of some people, and oddly enough, it seems to be people that have had a history of dance or martial arts, that population of people usually have pretty good hip mobility. Outside of that, the average person, I'd say like 95% of people that I see they need work on mobilizing their hips. Like their hips are just tight. So, you know, I put them into a couch stretch for those of you that know what that is. It's basically a stretch for the hip flexors and they immediately are, are just like uncomfortable because their hip flexors are just so tight. It's like pulling a rubber band past its full capacity. And I'm like, can you sit in that for a minute? And they're like, you're out of your fucking mind. There's no (laughs) way. I'm like, okay, so that's something we need to work on because you should be able to sit in that position comfortably for a couple minutes, two, three minutes, you know, and be fine. So the tight hips, what's tied to that, unfortunately, is the way that we live our lives. Um, you know, I think it's very clear that people do too much sitting throughout the day. Um, and especially with the hip flexors, that's what leads to tightened, short hip flexors because you're sitting in a 90 degree position in the hips for, I mean, some people up to 12 hours, you know, you're essentially telling those muscles just to stay locked in here, just stay locked in. Yeah. So that's something that people forget is your body is very receptive to external stimuli. And so it will get good at whatever you expose it to. And if that is sitting for 12 hours a day, your body's gonna be like, we're going to get really fucking good at this. 
And that's just the way it is. I hate to break that to people, but the reality is you need to try to get up and move a little bit to break up that sitting. But so lots of sitting will lead to low back pain. I would say, in my opinion, it's probably the leading issue, mm-hmm. especially in today's society. Especially when you get companies who you're working for a bigger company. They expect you to be on mm-hmm. all the time. A lot mm-hmm. of these big companies have you at desks. You're working. Yeah. The invention of the standing desk has been nice yeah. to get people up and down. Yes. Yeah. And that's, but. that's, um, definitely helpful. Uh, I'd be interested to see statistics on how many people actually use that, you know, Oh, maybe we can regularly. study on that. I mean, it'd be great. That'd be we got lots of people we can pull. <laughs> um, but that's like a behavior change. Mm-hmm. I would say that can be something that can be added in mm-hmm. to the day. Um, but what about your, your mobility? You were speaking on that. You were touching on that. Yeah. So, so then, you know, bringing it into the training setting, people do not, in my opinion, do enough or some people do no flexibility or mobility training. Great example is that Project 13 gyms, the classes that we provide to people. We um, put mobility training at the end. We do some at the beginning of the session as part of the warm up, but primarily, you know, the we do mobility training at the end or flexibility training at the end. A lot of people will sneak out the door at that point. <laughs> I've had plenty of times where I got to catch people as they're going out the door and say, "Where are you going? The training session is not over." But for whatever reason, I mean, I think it's unfortunately people's hyper focus on certain types of training. They think that flexibility training and mobility training are a waste of time. What I always say is that's actually where the gains live is mm-hmm. in that flexibility and mobility training. So that's the other piece of it is that people don't do anything to counteract all that sitting. They go to the gym, they, you know, try to check off their box, crush, crush a workout, you know, get sweaty, like breathe heavy, all this and that, which is great. But what else are you missing out on that you should be doing? So that's a piece as well. It's like going back to our cardio episodes, like just trying to get calorie burned. Exactly. To be- right. There's too much of a hyper focus on chasing calories when you should be focusing on things that are going to make your body healthy. I always use the example too of you know, you can't fucking burn calories when your back is so hurt that you're just laying on the couch. So that's the other way to look at it, right? Do you want to be put in a situation where you like can't move at all? And for people that have low back pain, like that's a potential reality. Yeah. Yeah. I think we both had those experiences where you have some people who will train with you and then maybe they take some time off and Mm -hmm. then they hurt their back Mm -hmm. and then they want to come back out for two weeks, weeks. you know, and it's like, (laughs) You're not burning, you're burning way less calories in that situation, Yeah, you know? So less of a focus on trying to chase those calories, more of a focus on getting that body healthy so you can move more throughout the day pain-free, right? Because you don't want to move when you're in pain. You don't Um, have poor movement either. Yes, so poor movement is another contributor or potential cause to low back pain. This is something that myself and Michael really have to coach people on in the gym is getting full range of motion on a squat, for example, or on a deadlift, and not only getting full range of motion, but moving, I guess, properly, for lack of a better way of explaining it. So, you know, on a deadlift, for example, trying to have relatively neutral spine, yep, um, hinging from the hips, not just rounding at the back to pick up the weight. And it may seem like a pretty simple idea, but 
a lot of people don't have the body awareness to understand even where they're moving from. That's not bad. They're not stupid for being like that. Really, it's just, again, going back to how we live our lives. If you're sitting all day, why would you be aware of how your body's moving? Yeah. Right? You're not geared to that. So you're not geared to that. Don't take it as the yeah, wrong so, way. We're here to help you. <laughs> right. And all it takes is a little bit of, little bit of education and then reinforcing that education when you're coming into the gym every time. So that, I mean, that's another thing that Michael and I have to stay on top of people about is we'll spend a session getting them moving really well, but then they come back and they've forgotten, right? Because just like anything, you're not going to learn it in no. 45 to 60 minutes. Like it needs to be reinforced constantly. And yeah. Over so, and over. so just be mindful of that. Like that when you go into those subsequent training sessions, be aware of what you're trying to work on, that you are trying to improve your movement. And ultimately, like most people are in there, they're trying to get stronger and they think that, you know, well, they don't think, but subconsciously they will shorten the reps because they can lift more weight. Yeah. And that's a problem, right? Like we're trying to actually get you strong. And part of that is moving well, moving through a full range of motion. And once you build that foundation, you can get really strong yeah. in that foundation. Building those blocks. Building those blocks. But then, and this is almost like, this is more of a tangent, and we've talked about this, is trying to find uh, a coach or a, a professional to who kind of fits those needs for you. Yes. But again, another conversation. We'll come back to that another time. A couple episodes away. <laughs> we'll get to it. Um, so we had a fairly deep dive into the hips and, and how we've talked about sitting can cause those hips to stay in a position where they're not efficient enough for us to do strength gains in the gym. Mm -hmm. What else? What is it about those hips that we need in order for us to get away from having that low back pain? Yeah. So the, the hips are, especially with low back pain, I see the hips being crucial to resolving low back pain or re resolving tightness, I should say. So the hips are a ball and socket joint, right? So they're extremely dynamic. You have two areas in the body in which you have ball and socket joints, the hips and the shoulders. Mm -hmm. So that means that those joints should be able to move in uh, a, a wide range of motion. I so could they, do arm circles. I could yeah, do hip circles, circles. Like you should be able to flex the hip, extend the hip, abduct the hip, which is bring it out to yeah. the side for those of you that aren't familiar with those anatomical I can terms. Adducts, kick my kids' toys off to the side. Actually, I don't kick, have a kid, but kick you have kids, a kid. Yeah. <laughs> kick kids' toys, not kick the kids. Don't kick the kid. Uh, don't kick the kid. Watch the baby. Look at the baby. Kick the toys out of the way. <laughs> um, but so they should be able to move in all these different ranges. So flexion, extension, adduction, abduction, rotation. But, you know, think about this for yourself. How many times on any given day did you actually take your hips into all those ranges? Not not for you, call specifically, because I know you know <laughs> you're doing high kicks and crazy shit like that with Breaking your taekwondo boards. background. Um, but what? the average person, you know, if I'm working an eight-hour shift at at a desk, at a desk, guess what? It's in flexion the whole time. The not whole even time. if I open up my hips. No, I mean you can do some Jane Fonda's while you're sitting at your desk. Which is, which is fine, but even that is not, you know, you're not getting that full range of motion. So, so, you know, that's what we need to understand is they are dynamic ball and socket joints and they are meant and designed to move in all those various ways. Uh, 
So when the hips get tight, what happens is something else will make up the distance. So remember when you're training, if you're telling your body to do a deadlift or a squat, that is a task that you're giving your body. Our bodies are very, very good at accomplishing tasks regardless of the circumstances. In this case, the circumstances include having tight hips. So if the hips are tight and you're asking the body to do a task that requires the hips to move a lot, something else will make up the distance. In this case, it's usually the spine, especially like thinking of a deadlift. Mm -hmm. You need to bend over to pick up that bar. If your hips can only bend you over to a certain point, then the spine will make up that distance. Then you're moving the spine under load, which especially when it's heavy load, can be problematic. That spinal, the erector spinae is not a very strong muscle to begin with. No. It's not meant for that. Right, and that's actually a good thing to point out. The hips involve the glute max, which is the biggest muscle in the body, whereas the spinal muscles, you have your erectors, which are small small muscles in the low back, Um, and then you have, like, your QL muscle, which is also a small, small, uh, deeper low back muscle. And then you have what are called multifidi, which are muscles in between the spine. Those are all very small muscles and they're not intended to move a lot. They are intended to move, but if you're doing a 315 pound deadlift, you don't want those doing the bulk of the work. Let's just put it that way. So like if we're moving from apartment to apartment and I wanted to go pick up that box and then like three hours later, I'm like, Oh man, my back hurts. Yeah. Because I'm moving because of that. that? It could, it could be, it's like, yeah, I mean, I mean, it depends on how heavy that box is, but, and that's another kind of good thing to, to segue into the next point is, you know, we're not saying that the spine should not flex, um, at all or flex under some load. So an example in the gym is Jefferson curls. So I do Jefferson curls, love me a set of Jefferson curls. Feels so good. You put me onto that. I actually been doing those a lot. Yeah. Prior to a lot of my, my workout days. Yeah. And I would say for me, like within the last six to eight months, I've experienced another jump in the quality of my, my spine and how it feels on a daily basis. And I would attribute it almost, almost exclusively to that and movements like it, where I am loading the spine a little bit, uh, and taking into flexion, extension, lateral side bending and all that stuff. So that's an example where that can be okay and actually resolve back pain for some people. And then in the real world, the example is doing something like moving, um, where, I mean, when you're moving, you're not going to be like, oh, I need to have neutral spine when I pick up this box. You're like, shit, I got like all this stuff to move. It's going to take four hours. Let's just, let's go. Let's get this done. However, we got to get it done. You're also working with weird angles if you're going up and down stairs and all that stuff. And then also another example for me is picking up a child. So those of you that have kids can relate to this. They are uh, mobile little buggers. (laughs) Even when they're not walking, you pick them up and they're flailing all over the place or whatever. Um, And so there'll be times where you have to squat down and flex your spine to pick them up and stuff like that. So there are a lot of real world examples in which our spine does move and look at any, any sport really. You're not going to be like in the middle of a football game and I'm I'm going to keep neutral spine (laughs) as I like block this guy. No, it's just moving too quick. You can't make those decisions. So you're saying like a little bit of training in those 
areas where you're most vulnerable, yeah. you can still do a little training in there to reduce the risk of getting a huge back injury. Yes. And I would say it's because you're exposing the body to those slightly different ranges and to that stimulus as well. So that when the time comes in life or in training, when you are, you know, maybe trying to keep neutral spine, but it slightly goes beyond neutral, your body has been there before and it'll be okay. So I think that's the important takeaway there. And, and so let's backtrack just a little bit. You've explained uh, like the QL the, yes. and the multifidi yes. and the erector spinae. What other muscles are kind of overlooked when, it, when you're looking at the whole back as a, as a big piece and helping you throughout these daily movements like picking up your child or yeah. moving boxes? Yeah, so to specify the QL, what that is, again, it's a small muscle in the low back. It's... It's pretty, it's, it's pretty much responsible for lateral side bending, rotation of the spine and things like that. So that's a muscle that's hard to train, but there is a way to do it. And we'll actually probably include some links in the show notes here that you can check out of some uh, exercises to, to address those areas. Um, then also the lats. So that's some, a muscle that you, know, you think about when you're doing a pull-up, right? But the reality is it's the only muscle that connects the upper and lower body Actually, it's one of, I believe, two. I think it's two. So uh, as as well. But yes. So, but it expands from your shoulder all the way to your low back and basically tucks in behind the back waistband. Um, so if you have tight lats, that could be essentially compressing the spine in a way and pulling you into this like extended position if your lats are super tight. Um, then there's other muscles of the of the upper back, and this is something actually that I've identified for myself as a contributor. So, one of my in on my left shoulder girdle, there's a there's a muscle that I've identified as really tight, and I've always had pain on my left side of my low back when I did have pain, and so I think there's a connection there, right? So we still need to pay attention to those upper back muscles, make sure our upper back, our thoracic, thoracic spine moves well, and then the last group is those hip, hip muscles. Hip so muscles. the rotators, the piriformis muscle, um, like deeper glutes, underlying, deeper underlying glute med, you know, like all those muscles, the dysfunction and tightness there can also be, can also manifest as what might feel like low back pain. Mm. Yeah. To wrap things up, what is it do we need to realize about back pain? We've talked a lot about training the body in certain aspects, maybe uh, probably lighter, making sure that you're able to withstand some of those maybe uh, sporadic instances where mm -hmm. you might have to adjust your body. Um, but uh, what other things would you say that people need to realize about back pain? So a couple big things that I've taken away from myself in my experience and journey with low back pain, and these are more so to do with kind of the, the psychosocial element of back pain. The first one is back pain is not who you are. Oftentimes I've seen this with people. They start to take it on as um, an identifier, right? Like, mm. I mean. Like I know. can't work out because I have chronic back pain. Like that or, or they're like, out or... you know, they just talk about it in a way they feel like it's a part of who they are. Got it. If, you know, I don't know if I'm explaining it the best, but you know, they just feel like that's who I am. I'm just this person that has low back pain. And like, that's just part of my life. And, you know, and it's not who you are. It's something that you're experiencing. So that's an important thing that you need to discern is that there's, there, there's separate things. 
Then the second thing is back pain is not an inevitability. So my mom, mom, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry, calling you out. But my mom would always say, you know, this is something that your dad experiences and like it's, it's on his side of the family and, you know, all this stuff. And while there can be genetic factors involved with low back pain, the reality is it doesn't have to be something that you deal with for your entire life, right? If you just train properly um, and focus on the things that you need to focus on, then it can be something that's resolved and something that is not at all a part of your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's... Look at yourself. Yeah, like, so again... The fact that you... I've seen him spend literally an hour, in some cases, doing a lot of mobility work that mm-hmm. has helped him. He, I've seen him also at his... Where, where he's had a pretty bad back experience. Well, yeah. not pretty bad, but... Yeah, I mean, you've seen... Yeah, I mean, there, yeah, there have been a few times where something has happened and I've had to, like, resolve it for an hour afterwards. Yes. And... That's another thing to point out is like, you know, even if you have to spend some more time up front um, working on resolving some of the issues, tightness, flexibility, whatever, as you get better at it, you'll be able to spend less and less time maintaining it. That's another thing that needs, yeah, so that's huge. needs like, to be happening. Yeah. Like a lot of people think I'm going to have to do an hour of back exercises or flexibility exercises every day for the rest of my life. No, that's no, not the case. Not like the once case. you get it, <laughs> once you get it, I mean, you could do two sessions that are 30 minutes per week and mm-hmm. maintain the flexibility that you need to have a healthy back. So that's another important thing. Then the last thing is, and this is kind of an overall uh, topic, not just related to low back pain, but focus on health and quality movement over like that calorie chasing and that idea that you need this like super hard workout that's just going to crush you because you don't need that like (laughs) i'm here to tell you you don't need that you can still have like great body composition all that stuff without having a hyper focus on that and instead spending your time doing things that are going to make your back better if it is low back pain that you're trying to work through and then quick little last little bit here that we can leave this things off with is stretch or activate Stretch or activate is a good question that people go back and forth with. My answer is both. I like it. Both. I yeah. Like so both. you need to get flexible, but you also need to train that flexibility and get stronger in that flexibility. And that's really going to be what gets those tissues healthy and what makes your body feeling good. And avoiding the bullshit. And avoiding the bullshit as always. Love it. In the books. In the books. Thank you again for listening to the P13 podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. This podcast was produced by Project 13 Gyms and a special thanks to Studio Pod Media for providing the studio space and additional production. Absolutely. You can find us on social media on Instagram at Project 13 Gyms. You can find myself at Kemifan, that is K-E-M-I-F-A-N. How about you, Thomas? Where can they find you on your social media? You can find me at Conway Bunga. That's C-O-N-W-A-Y-B-U-N-G-A. You can also check us out at project13gyms.com. And if you're in the SF area, come train with us at Project 13 Gyms in Lower Knob Hill.